We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Hey, Fox River. It's so good to be with you this morning. I want to give a special shout out to anybody that's online or at our campuses over in Waterford or Muskego, especially Muskego. I got some great friends over there. That's where my family attended Fox River when we lived here in town. Uh, just a little bit about myself. My name is Reed Norris. Um, I am humbled to come in this morning and give you the message uh, at the end of your uh, series on family. Uh, Pastor Guy reached out to me and said, hey, you've got a unique background that I think fits this pretty well. Uh, we'd like to have you come out. I said, you realize I've never done that before, right? He said, it's okay. You'll be fine. So uh, going on round three, uh, I might be okay now. So we'll see how it goes, right? Uh, but just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, Obviously, I'm a Christian, most important thing that I have going for me. Uh, number two, my family. Uh, I have one wife named Ginger. Uh, she's all I can handle, trust me. Uh, I have one son. He's 15. His name is Grady, and he is all that both of us can handle. So uh, trust me, when I, when I start to give you some of this information, understand that it's coming from a perspective uh, of, of a parent. The reason that I have a unique background to bring today's message, uh, I am actually an FBI agent. I've been in the FBI for 15 years now. Um, we were stationed here in Milwaukee for two years. We moved away about a year ago to, uh, we live in Annapolis, Maryland now, and uh, I work at FBI headquarters again. So um, while I was here, I ran the violent crime squad in the Milwaukee office. So the normal stuff you see on TV, right? Uh, bank robberies, kidnappings, uh, all the traditional FBI cool guy stuff that, that goes on, right? Also inside of that violent crime program, we had the human trafficking program. We also had the crimes against children program. Uh, two of the hardest things that I've ever done in my entire life is looking at those kind of cases and uh, some of the background that goes into that. So just one disclaimer real quick. Uh, this is not an FBI presentation. You'll never see on these slides the FBI seal or this is endorsed by the FBI. I'm speaking to you this morning as a member of Fox River, as a father who has an interesting perspective by some of the life experiences that, I, that I've been through. So uh, hopefully I can get that across to you in that manner and um, move forward. So my wife and I were both in the military before I joined the FBI, and, uh, so we move around a lot. During one of those moves, we were loading up the truck, we had backed it in the garage, and uh, my wife, Ginger, had gone out into the garage and said, oh, the trailer hitch is still on the back of the truck. I should probably take that off before somebody runs into it and hurts their shin pretty bad. So has anybody done that? They know how bad that hurts, right? I, yeah, ugh, right? Um, so she pulls it off. Meanwhile, I'm inside. I'm loading up my arms with way too much to carry at one time. I was a lot younger, a lot stronger, and uh, uh, possibly a lot lazier because I was trying to carry everything in like one or two loads instead of five or ten loads. Uh, nobody here has ever done that, I'm sure. But uh, I go down the steps of the garage, I get to the back of the truck, and of course the tailgate's up, so I have to put it down. So rather than turn around and put my load down and open up the tailgate, I do the typical guy thing, right? I can hold all this and reach down and grab the tailgate, no problem. Well, it's kind of stuck on something. It just won't move, right? Okay, well, that would be a clue 
right? Maybe I should put stuff down and see what it's stuck on. No, what do I do? I grab it and yank it harder, right? Right about then, I find out the ginger, the, the hitch the ginger had taken off, she had put on the bumper. So the tailgate was stuck on there, and when I yanked on it, it pushed that trailer hitch off the bumper right on to my big toe. And of course, I had flip-flops on. Yeah, it was awful, right? So literally, blood is squirting out of my toe. I mean, it was gross. I, sorry, we haven't had lunch yet, but uh, um, it was bad, right? Like, like, we thought maybe broken bad. So she takes me in the house. This is where the story gets good, for me anyway. Puts me in the recliner, puts ice on my foot, and loads the rest of the truck without me. So I'll take that, right? Um, but anyway, I tell you that story this morning because... Uh, the title of my message is Hidden Dangers, right? That trailer hitch in that particular moment was a hidden danger. I didn't see it coming. It hit me out of nowhere. There are lots of things out in life that we have to be concerned about. Lots of things we get signs for, right? Today's a perfect example. It's raining outside. Get the slippery when wet. You might want to pay attention to that going around a curve. It could be a bad day for you otherwise. If the bridge is out, I hope that you would stop and not continue to drive over the cliff, right? Pretty obvious kind of signs. If I see biohazard, I'm not going anywhere near it. Not my thing. I don't need any strange, you know, diseases or sicknesses. So what we have to be careful of, though, are the ones that don't hit us in the face like that. You don't see those signs come in. So we take a look at 1 Peter 5.8. I kind of looked at, how can I relate this back to the Bible? And Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, right? To literally consume. So Peter's addressing leadership in the church at this time. And he's basically giving them a warning. And the warning is about the enemy. And it's the same enemy today as it was back then. Back then, the the threat that we have today was unimaginable to leaders in the church. And that's what I want to talk to you guys a little bit about. Some of the dangers that we have in technology and online and the things that we can do as parents, as a church body, to protect our families. So, I know just about everybody out there has one of these in their pocket, right? Some people have multiples, right? I have to carry one for work. I have to carry one for personal stuff. And phones are great. I put a lot, of, a lot of this message together with my phones. Um, I was able to pull up the Bible on this thing. I used the GPS to get here this morning. You can do a lot of great things with this. But there's a lot of danger behind these as well. There was a survey done recently. It said 46% of the people, almost half of the people that were surveyed, said that they would rather break a bone then break their phone. It seems hilarious, right? Like, who? I would never say that. Uh, it seems ridiculous to me. But they've become so important in our lives that people just can't get away from these things, right? And I, I may focus on the phone, but, but let's spread that to technology as a whole, right? Blows me away. And I started trying to process that. How is that possible? And I said, okay, well, I get it. If you break your phone, you got to go to the cell phone store and get it replaced. So that's a hassle, right? Well, if you break your arm, you got to go to the emergency room and get that fixed. So that's a hassle. So that doesn't really work. These things are incredibly expensive, right? 
okay, going to the doctor is incredibly expensive. So that doesn't make any sense either. The only thing I could come back to is that people are so attached to these, they can't imagine living without them, right? And again, there's some great things that come out of them, but there's also some very, very dangerous stuff. So I hope by the end of today's message that you could take your technology and you could surrender it to Jesus, right? And understand that there are some phenomenal things that are available online through apps, through technology, but there are also some very dangerous things that I'm going to point out, and you have to be aware of those as well. So what are some of these issues that are affecting us? 95% of children have either phones or tablets, and most of them have no oversight whatsoever. That blows me away. I've talked to teachers who see it in their classrooms. I've seen it personally in law enforcement. It's our responsibility as the adults to take control of this stuff and understand what our kids are doing and protect them from the dangers out there. My son is so excited to get a driver's license, right? Just as excited as I was to get a driver's license. He has to go through classwork, right? He has to go through driving with me in the car. And then once he gets his license, he can't have other people, other you know, kids in the car with him for like nine months. For his first nine months of driving, no other kids in the car. What do we give the six-year-old that we hand the phone? Absolutely nothing, right? It's up to you guys to be involved. And if you don't have kids, also important for you. We're all part of the church body. The beautiful thing about starting this message off with baby dedications, Pastor Guy mentioned it. It's the body that comes together to help the parents out, right? So if you have a special gift uh, with technology and you can offer that up to your friends uh, in church, by, no, by all means, please uh, make that available to them. So if you get nothing else out of this message today, you'll hear me say this a few times, and it's because it's so important. Your life experience as an adult, your life experience as an adult, far outweighs your kid's experience with tech. So the message I get a lot is, I don't know how to do that. And guess what? I don't know how to do it either. Right? I'm an FBI agent. I investigate cases. I have technical experts that help me when a, when a case comes across this. I also have Google as a parent. Right? I just go in and go, what does this mean? Because my son said it, and I have no idea what he's talking about, right? And Google's like, you don't have to type that many words. So um, <laughs> use the resources you have available, and I'll give you some of those as we go forward as well. So, uh, uh, so buckle your seatbelts, because it's coming. So what are some of the troubles that we see out there? Here's some of the things that you can be aware of, right? And what I've realized is there's no possible way I can cover all this in, in a 30-minute message, Right? So I'm going to hit some highlights, and I'm going to impress upon you the importance of your involvement with your kids and their technology. Just understand that there's, if I was here for three days for a conference, all day long, every day for three days, I still couldn't give you all the details on all of this stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over the high points, some stuff that, that uh, struck me personally, especially while I was working right here in Milwaukee, and... Uh, hopefully give you some tools to move forward and give you, empower you to be involved in the technology that's inside of your families. 
The other piece that I can bring to this, I can tell you 100%, law enforcement is overwhelmed by this. If you're counting on the police and the FBI and all those other agencies to do it all, it's not going to happen. We'd have a whole lot less to do if the parents got in and stopped it before it got to our level. Be involved in your kids' stuff. And kids, don't push back on the parents, right? They love you. They're trying to help you. That's why God put them in your lives. It's an important, important thing. Remember, your life experience as adults far outweighs the technical experience of your kids. So let's talk about cyberbullying. I'll run through that pretty quick. When I was growing up, bullying was much more face-to-face, right? Uh, hey, I'm the big guy, you're the little guy, I'm going to pick on you. Okay, generally ended up in a fight behind the school, um, and most of the time, in my experience anyway, uh, everybody ended up walking away kind of going, why'd we do that? That was kind of silly, right? And everybody became friends, and it all worked out. The problem is nowadays, it's not happening face-to-face. Kids are going home, they're getting their feelings hurt during school or on the weekend, and they're going home and they're taking it out on social media, through text messages, posting things about other people. What it comes down to is hurt people hurt people. Right? Hurt people hurt other people. It's just kind of what happens inside of us when we let that overtake um, what God's real goal for us is. So, I'm upset that so-and-so is dating my girl. I go home, I write bad things about him to try and pull him down because I'm upset about it. Happens every day, and if you're not paying attention to what your kids are doing, then you don't know what's happening, whether they're receiving it or whether they're the ones sending it. Either way, it's impactful, and we have to combat it at the family level. One more thing that uh, is prevalent nowadays is sexting. So we see this in mainstream media all the time. Oh, this video was released about so-and-so, right? Their private life. Most of the time, not released by that individual. Sometimes they do, right? Hey, maybe I can get some attention if I do this. Um, Sounds ridiculous, but that's kind of the world we live in. Most of the time, it's something that was transmitted to somebody else. They got their hands on it, and they sent it out to a bunch of other people. So that's kind of what sexting is. Obviously, we're talking about explicit photos. Kids taking their phones into the bathroom with them, into their rooms with the doors closed, right? Just not a good practice of how to use the tech. So the one thing I like to point out, and uh, I kind of point myself this way, because I know we have a bunch of the students over here. Um, Water can be a great thing, right? I'm going to get a drink real quick. So the internet can be a great thing. There's all kinds of amazing material on the internet. So if we say, well, this is kind of my information, and I'm going to just take it and pour it out onto the internet. Think anybody can come up and get this water off the floor and put it back in this bottle? No. That's how the internet works. Once you put it out there, it's out there forever. It's not coming back. You have to be mindful about what you put out there, right? We see this happen far too often where kids will, um, 
They'll be in love, right? We're all in love with each other, high school, right? Um, I know, I was there. I did it too, right? I had girlfriends and relationships, and um, I didn't find love until I met my wife. And I found real love when I met Jesus after I met my wife. But, so we'll do things that are abnormal because we're in love and we want this relationship and we want to be grown-ups. So if we want to be grown-ups, act like grown-ups and don't send inappropriate stuff to people that shouldn't have it because they're not going to keep it to themselves. They're going to send it to other people and it's going to hurt you, okay? Let's talk about sextortion for a second. Maybe not quite as common a term to people. This talks more about coercion, right? A, a perfect example I can give for this, this case occurred right here in the Milwaukee office. I, I worked on this case with my folks. And um, this is a young lady who was an online gamer, right? Seems mundane enough. I'm playing games online, no big deal. Well, part of this game was to build a castle. And if you had the biggest castle, you were the most important person in the game. And you attacked other people's castles and you could earn points and use your points to build your castle better and things like that. Well, all of a sudden, this girl gets a message from somebody she doesn't know. Says, hey, I see your castle's kind of small and I'd like to give you some of my points so you can make your castle better. <laughs> that sounds like a great deal, right? Like, if somebody came to me and said, we'd like to remodel your house for free, I would be like, absolutely, come on in, right? So she, that's all she did. Yes, I'd like to have your points so I can make my castle better. So they develop a relationship online. Um, eventually it becomes, hey, we're really getting close to one another. I consider you my girlfriend. Will you send me a picture of yourself? Just send me a picture of your face. I want to know what you look like, right? So harmless enough, send a picture of her face. Has no idea who this person is. That's called grooming. No different than back in the day when we were worried about the guy in the van with a candy, right? Hey, little girl, you want some candy? That's grooming. This went on and on. It became basically, hey, send me a picture of your whole body. I want to see what you look like. Hey, would you mind sending me these inappropriate pictures? It led up to the point where uh, he's basically saying, hey, I have all these compromising pictures of you. If you don't continue to send me even more explicit photos, I'm going to send all these pictures to your friends and let them know how bad you are. So at this point, uh, she finally figures out this is probably not a good thing. It goes to her mom. Her mom reports it to law enforcement. The good news in this story is we were able to catch the guy on the other end, and he went to jail. The bad news is those pictures were sent, and she has no idea where they went now. That's just something that she's going to have to live with the rest of her life. That's why you guys have to be engaged with your kids. Remember, your life experiences as adults and parents far outweigh any kind of technical experience that your kids might have. How about solicitation? Right? Solicitation is actually where someone targets an individual and goes after them. There's a late, the latest Harvard study that came out said 13% of the 
of students have been solicited online? Right? Well, 13%, that sounds pretty good, right? So if I had 10 students stand up, and then I had eight or nine of them sit down, you'd have a couple students left standing. Does that mean that those couple students are less important than all the other ones? I hope not. I hope as a body that we don't think that. I don't believe that as a law enforcement officer. So that, that number still bothers me. The good news behind some of that is a lot of that was, was mundane, you know, classmates saying, hey, send me a picture of you in your bra, right? Not a good idea, students, right? I'm not endorsing that. But the ones that we really are super concerned about are the aggressive predators. So you take a look at the data behind that, and you're looking at one out of 25. So I could go through the same scenario, right? 25 students stand up, have 24 of them sit down. Do we discount that one student? What if that's your one student? Would that be okay? I hope not. Social networking sites. This one's fun to talk about. I threw a few of them up there. You might recognize most of them. Uh, I have a Facebook account. I rarely post anything. I rarely talk. This is strange for me to get up here and talk for 30 minutes. My wife does most of the talking. Um, but uh, I do like to follow. We move around a lot. So I like to follow my friends uh, that, from different places. Um, and, you know, it's the typical, oh, look, so-and-so's son got married. Like, right? Okay, great. That's, you know, my wife, on their hand, other hand, she hates, hates Facebook. She hates it. I deleted her Facebook profile. She maintains relationships by like, picking up the phone and talking to people and having a real relationship. So that's the one, one thing I warn you about social networking sites and online anywhere. If you don't have a personal relationship with the person on the other end, that, doesn't, that means it's a person that you don't need to have an online relationship with. Right? Now, some of the things that, that we've talked about through here, um, while I was here in Milwaukee, we ran a board in our office. And on that board, we listed all of our cases. And that board basically prioritized which ones we could get to and which ones weren't going to be able to be gotten to at that point in time. We just didn't have enough people to investigate everything that was going on. And one of the absolute hardest things I've ever had to do in my life is look at that board and almost play God and decide, you know what? We can work half of these. So where do we draw the line? Which of these people aren't going to get our help because we don't have enough time? We don't have enough resources. I pray that you never have to go through that, that you never have to make a decision on uh, whose life is more important than others because it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. People put too much information online. This next slide is a training slide that we've used. This is a profile that was made up specifically to do the training. Um, and when you look into it, there's way too much personal information out there that's made public, right? You can see right away the city and state that this girl lives in and the age, her age. You got dive in a little bit further, you get her first name, her school name, her current grade, and once again, her age. So she lives in Tallahassee, Florida, which is kind of neat for me. I, my wife and I both went to Florida State. That's where we met. Um, but 
it doesn't take a trained investigator to go on Google Maps and figure out where the school is and then know what grade she's in, take her photo and go sit out in the parking lot and wait for her to come out of school and see what car she gets into or what bus she gets on. I don't know about you guys, I don't want people having that much information about my son. So I absolutely would not let him put that much information online. Your life experiences outweigh their technical capabilities. Bottom line, you owe it to your kids to be involved in their technology and prevent them from making mistakes. This is no different than holding your four-year-old's hand in a crowd. No different. I don't want them to get hurt, so I'm going to hold their hand and make sure they're right by my side. Online's tough. I get it. Again, I'm not an online expert. I'm not a technical expert. I run investigations. When I need help in an investigation that has to do with technology, I have professionals with years of training that I can go to that can give me assistance. You guys have resources at your fingertips online. You can Google it. I'll give you a couple of resources in just a second. The bottom line is communication is key. You have to communicate. There's a great quote out there that says, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. The most important communication you can have is up. Ask Jesus for help. Ask him to give you the strength. Ask him for the breakthrough, just like in the worship set. What's the breakthrough? What's going to break those chains? Right? What's going to make me no longer a slave to sin? Not only talking up and praying with, with God, talk sideways, right? You have friends who have kids who are the same age. This is kind of how we congregate as Americans. As a society, we come together. Ask your friends, hey, what are your kids looking at online? Here's what my guys are doing. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that one before. Maybe we should talk about what that means, right? And you also have to talk down. And I don't mean talk down to your kids, right? Don't treat them uh, with disrespect. I mean communicate in a downward motion just like you do uh, upward towards Jesus. You have to talk with your kids. It has to become part of your family discussion. The unfortunate part about that, there was a survey just released. 33% of families have no conversation at all at the dinner table. None, zero. Right? Seems ridiculous until you take into account they're going to eat and then they're going to do this. That's crazy, right? And I get it. Dinner may not be the right time for you, right? We have very busy schedules, job schedules. We have soccer and ice hockey and cheerleading and everything that's going on in life that keeps us busy. So maybe dinner's not the right time for you. You have to take time and set it aside to take care of your kids, that's what it comes down to. So here's some, uh, here's some things. Let's see if you can translate some of these real quick. We'll run through them. And um, I highlighted three that I thought were pretty important. If they don't look familiar to you at all, you got some homework to do. So as we look at the translations, the reason I highlighted those P911, my parents are coming. Well, why is that important? What were they talking about? They're worried about you seeing, right? 
POS, parents over shoulder. Seriously? If you can't say it with me there, then you probably shouldn't be saying it. So, let's minimize the dangers. Here's some practical steps we can take uh, as, I, as I start to wrap up here. You got to talk. Talk to your kids. Spend time online with your kids, especially the younger ones, right? Get on there and show them, show them how to do it correctly from the get-go. And they'll take that on with them as they get older. If you can, put your computer in a common area. My son built this really gee whiz gaming computer. It's really, really awesome. There's nowhere in the house that it would be a good place for it to be. It's in his bedroom. The door stays open if he's on his computer. I can walk in at any time, see what he's doing, and make sure that it's going the right direction. You have to know your kids' passwords. I can log on to my son's Instagram account right now and post anything I want to, and everybody will think it's him because I have his logon information. I can see anything that people send to him on his Instagram account. And that's where you need to be. There are parental controls built into a lot of this. If you Google it, you can figure out how to do it. It's not tough. If I can do it, you guys can do it also. Or you can reach out to some friends for help. Again, teach responsible use. Start them at, young, at, at a very young age. As soon as they're on devices, teach them how to use them appropriately. There's some great resources out there. One that I highly recommend uh, from the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. It's called NetSmarts, spelled with a Z, .org. I think it's on a, a slide that's coming up um, in, a, in a few slides. Um, I took a lot of my information from this uh, for this presentation. It's amazing. They have videos and like kid-appropriate stuff, elementary kids, uh, high schoolers, what have you. So it's a great, a great beginning. So what are some of the warning signs? Real quick, this is what you got to be looking for as parents. You have to be engaged, right? Your experience outweighs their experience with tech. Are they online a lot? I mean, way more than they should be. Really late at night when they probably should be sleeping? That's a sign. Did you find porn on their device already? That's a sign, right? Are they getting phone calls from people that they don't know or numbers that you don't recognize? Are they getting gifts in the mail? from people that you don't know, that's weird, right? I've seen it happen. If you see it happen, you should be disturbed. Something bad is happening. And are they withdrawn and depressed? Is something happened, has something happened to them online that's causing them to be depressed? Um, you gotta engage your kids. So a couple of resources. National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, I mentioned that already. Uh, you can always call the police. You can contact the FBI. Um, if you or anybody in your family receives child pornography, it's a crime, report it to law enforcement, right? And then some other, some other pieces here. You've got law enforcement as a background, but you've got to be the first-line defense. You're with them every day. You need to be engaged in what they're doing. So what do we do with all this? Right? This is overwhelming, and I get it. It's tough. It's hard for me, and I've got a background in this stuff. So I, I get it. Please don't be scared. Right? I want you to be empowered when you walk out of here today. I want you to feel like, hey, this is something bad. I've got to be on the lookout for, just like anything else. When we take a look at Romans 5.20. It says, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So no matter what happens, God's got your back, right? Take advantage of that. Lean into God. 
So if you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, that's awesome. Thank God. That's the most important thing that you could do. Have you invited Jesus into your kitchen? That's tough, right? Life happens. Jesus isn't in my car when I'm commuting into D.C. a lot. I, I admit that, right? But you've got to bring him into the communication with your kids. So if you haven't accepted Christ and you're feeling a tug at your heart this morning, I'd just like to give you an opportunity to accept him into your life this morning. So if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. If you'd be so bold, if you feel that calling from God this morning, if you'd be so bold to, to lift your hand up and just say, hey God, I need some help. I know I can't do this alone. I know that I need you to lead me through this. And I know that you're the only way that I can make, through, make it through this life and get into heaven and have everlasting life. If you believe that in your heart today and you can lift up that prayer, I welcome you into the kingdom. For everybody else here, I just pray that this message uh, opens up their eyes a little bit and allows them to open the dialogue with their kids. I pray that they understand that the life experiences that they have outweigh any kind of technical expertise that their children might have. And I pray that you would give them the strength to overcome that, Lord. I lift all this up in your son's name. Amen. 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 Hey, would you join me in saying thanks to Reed for coming out, being here with us? One of the things that Reed remind me of, you know, when it comes to our technology, it is now a part of our lives. I was talking to a teacher after the first service. She's a kindergarten teacher. And I, I said, hey, does, do any kids bring phones? She said, almost all the kids in kindergarten are bringing their phones with them to school. Parents want to be in touch. They want to know. I mean, again, it, it, it just goes both ways. It's not going away, but will we honor God with it? That was huge what he said, you know, at whatever point we're at in life. The other word I thought was just so encouraging was that word to us as parents. Our kids may be smarter than we are when it comes to tech, but we know way more about life. Let's help them with what matters most. And as parents, as aunts and uncles and grandparents, again, you know, everybody's here, we can come together, we can pull together, and we can really help them. Next week, we're starting a brand new series. It's called Brainstorm. I honestly can't tell you how excited I am about what's coming. This is just a little teaser of it. Your brain needs a lot of energy to function. Despite the fact that the average adult brain is only about 2% of your total body mass, your brain has about 86 billion neurons that are interconnected. Have you ever noticed your brain runs differently when you haven't eaten? I've definitely noticed this. cell, the electrical signal is converted to chemical signal. Chemicals electrically flow neurotransmitters As you're inviting out a friend, a neighbor to join with you in this, this is going to be a perfect series for that. Put this in the back of your mind. Change your thinking, change your life. Change your thinking, there's power of change that goes with it. Reed's going to be out in the atrium if you've got any questions or you just want to interact with him afterwards. Um, if you're newer here, again, you're going to stop by the Welcome Center. If we can pray for you. 
Our prayer team's going to be down front, but all you have to do is just remain in your seats because we're going to be looking out there. So whether it's a family, whether it's a personal need, we certainly want to be able to be and come alongside you for the things that you're going through. We can further that conversation about Jesus. What does it mean to trust Jesus? Who is he? Things and conversations really can come to understanding. We would love to be able to be a part of that with you. Hey, God bless you, everybody. We'll see you next week. I hope your week is truly one that is special. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.